a dugout of one's own. An Ivy League Lit Scout offers a confession. High-cost creative rating programs are having difficulty competing with zero-cost jails. I heard Nathaniel Goodman was an ace, a real slugger of dingers. A five-tool man, clutch, you know, and cleanup too, especially in those last chapters. In my 20 years as a big league scout, I have nabbed great ones. Some have made it big, real big. The City of Angels, New York, even London. Sure, I've seen my share of bus, some mixed metaphor here, a malapropism there, cultural appropriation everywhere, but this kid, passive voice, are you kidding me? Stilted prose? <laughs> no fucking way, man. Nathaniel was genuine Coca-Cola, the real thing. I'm a spy in a network that does not include the Ruskies or the Chinese or Infowars or the Republican Party. We're Princeton, Yale, Harvard, and Columbia, even Smith and Amherst and Williams, and maybe Hamilton and Vassar and Swarthmore too. And I'm after the most literate of literati. I'm a lit scout for Yale. And here is my true account of Nathaniel Goodman. I was fielding weekly line drives from Nathaniel's handlers, the principal, the teachers, the writing coaches, the editors at Litzines. They all rhapsodized about the same thing. You need to recruit this kid quick, full ride, now. One gushed, he was a dynamo. Another waxed lyrically that this beast was a juggernaut of locution. Another wrote me, I haven't read metaphors this translucent since Whitman. Another teacher exclaimed, his allusions to the ancient gods are reminiscent of John Keats. How many John Keatses have there been? Another even declared that up until now, she had always thought John Milton was the smartest of all English writers. But you need to meet Nathaniel. Now, these are Bush League comments, not Ivy League professors or New Yorker editors. So I slipped some copy of Nathaniel's to his holy eminence at Yale, Professor Emeritus Imperialist Harold Bloom, Loris Nobilis Exemplar, prior to his recent and most unfortunate passing into the shades of death. I like to think of Bloom's shade in heaven, challenging sainted Shakespeare on a ferry crossing of the River Avon for the source of Ur Hamlet. Before he died, Bloom texted me, this protege's prose was crafted by the effortless wings of a butterfly. Can he be the reincarnated F. Scott Fitzgerald <laughs> without those crazy-ass plot imbecilities? Please keep him away from Princeton. Sign this slugger, Harold. So on Monday morning, I slipped onto the South Jersey Diamond and loitered outside the classroom window. A green monster concealed me. Okay, a large bush. His teacher was on the DL, so a pinch hitter, a sub, slipped through the window samples of his recent work. All on the DL. Well, that means down low, not disabled list. Ad hominem gone awry. A case for attacking the man if the man is Chris Christie. That was one essay. An odious ode to Hurricane Sandy, you ragged ass tart. <laughs> what a poem. 
give free drugs to anyone who wants them. A modest proposal on population reduction. Wow. Swift, persuasive, but I'm not sure that was satire. His AP score? Why ask? His SAT scores? Who gives a shit about Scantrons? Right, man? This kid was winning penance after penance, racking in thousands of bucks. For the Staples Award, he wrote, An ode to the business of America and the joys of monopolistic fascism. Hallmark's moments with my stepmom, her schnickledoodle dog, and picking up their little turds, well, that one won a thousand bucks. Anne Rand's foundation contest, Why Atlas Shrugged is the most influential book in Dante's Inferno, add 3K to his pot. And that was just last week. Through the window, I listened to him deliver high heat in a debate. The opposition were all, you know, punching Judy hitters. What we have here, my young scholars, he said, is a classic case of affluenza. Nay, this is not some recent phenom, as we have all seen daily in the hallways of our esteemed institution. Henry David Thoreau was just a rich boy from Harvard who didn't want to work. <laughs> what, oh, or who does that sound like? Look around, my petite shoes. A curtain call clamored from the bleachers. As the bell rang and his teammates headed to the dugout, the pinch hitter, the sub, pulled him aside and brought the young ringer to the window. Nate, I whispered, Nate. Some very influential people have been watching you. And let me say, they've been very impressed. We're talking the show, man. The show. I know, he replied. Ithaca was here earlier this week. And call me Nathaniel. Ithaca, I stammered. That's triple A ball, Nathaniel. Oh, boy. You can do so much better than Ithaca. Next thing you know, you'll be telling me Bowdoin is after you. They are. Grinnell, the University of Iowa? Yes and yes, but I hate corn products and Monsanto. But I was offering a full ride plus my own private freshman suite, he said, and other services. Middlebury was also here last week, the sub said. Offered him free courses at the Breadloaf Conference. <laughs> well, that did impress me. Has Harvard been to see you? Columbia? Princeton? I really can't say, Nathaniel said slyly. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. At Yale, I can guarantee you personal access to Joyce Carol Oates at least once a week. Even her phone number, man. Her phone number. And can I toss in Colm Tobin, too? Yale is in your wheelhouse. If you can get me access to Tia Obrick and Zadie Smith, and I'll consider. That's what NYU promised. And they're babes. Small ball, man. Listen, I'll make some calls. Those schools are just tossing junk. Yackers. Uncle Charlie's, man. But listen, you'll need to get those math scores up, I told him. What happens in math class? When I hear the math teacher discuss balancing equations... I just drift into the netherworld and compose a lengthy verse on the nature of verisimilitude. Then, after wandering into the courtyard to contemplate my place in the universe, I start reading On the Nature of Things by Lucretius in Latin. Well, 
that's not helping your math SAT scores. Would Shakespeare or Milton or Chaucer give two East End whores about math? Have you read the reviews for my off-Broadway play, The Tragedy of Mr. Mackerel? <laughs> of course, in the New York Times. And what did Charles Isherwood say? Well, that no one since the Bard has dared to pen such blank verse. But why a D in phys ed? Nathaniel said something about having to work as a team. If Shakespeare was a team player, he wouldn't be Shakespeare, but a nameless collaborator. Egads, can you imagine? You show me a team player, I'll show you a loser. Listen, I know other scouts will be blowing coke up your ass to try to get you to commit, but I can't let that enema happen. We will supply you with a personalized physical education trainer and a professor of mathematics to get those grades up. All expenses paid. It's a good thing we don't have to comply with the NCAA, huh? We'll show you around in style. Do you realize just how popular you'll be with the literature groupies on campus? And these girls, or boys as I don't know your sexual orientation, but these are not the anime or fan fiction or Stephanie Meyer types. Think Jonathan Franzen, Tanishi Coates, David fucking Foster Wallace. God bless his prose and soul. Nathaniel Goodman hesitated. Then he asked, Could you arrange my Mr. Miyagi to be none other than his literary holiness, Professor Harold Bloom? <laughs> I smiled. I had my man. Professor Bloom already has plans on penning a new essay welcoming you to the American canon. We just wished you were a transgendered West Indian or a gender-fluid asexual Latinx to calm the culture waters, but that's okay. What's one more wealthy, physically fine white male stuffed down the barrel of the canon? Welcome to Yale. I greet you at the beginning of a great career. End note. With the passing of Dr. Bloom on October 14, 2019, at the age of 89, Nathaniel Goodman passed on Yale and every other school. He deliberately committed a crime that required jail time, and he read and wrote for 19 hours a day. From his jail cell, he tweeted to his 1.2 million followers, In an unjust society, the only place for a just man is prison. Henry David Thoreau. With his release from prison for good behavior and grammar, his first novel, A Year in a Jail Cell of My Own, with the subhead, with Vinny from Bayshore, Long Island, reached number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Since then, waves of creative writing students have started committing more crimes for time writing and reading, quoting Malcolm X, my university, books, my classroom, a jail cell, or something like that. And the best thing? No tuition, no room and board, no textbook fees, no teaching assistance, no Friday AM classes, no midterms and finals, and a free jailhouse library, and lots of people to read and proofread. And the very best thing, <laughs> so many stories to write about. In response, Numerous colleges have started their own jail-like sanctuaries on campus, promising horrible food, like corned beef hash, less recreation time, more common people, and more privacy in the shower. 
should they wish. I hope Dr. Bloom would appreciate the satire. I have learned so much from him. Rest in peace, Dr. Bloom. Peace, Walter Bailey.